there's so much shame and guilt that comes with this when we experience those kind of like explosions maybe with our family. And I teach my um, mamas and tell them, it's like, you're not a bad mom. You're a good mom who's having a hard time. Okay. You're just having a hard time. And when I feel that mom guilt for myself, that's the mantra I tell myself. I'm a good mom who's having a hard time. I'm a good mom who's having a hard day. Welcome to the Faith Inspire podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief. It's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. Do you struggle with constant feelings of overwhelm as a mother? Do you feel like you're an angry mom, not qualified for the role, or do you deal with mom guilt for how you handle stressful situations? If you're saying yes, but with feelings of shame, I want to let you know that that's the enemy speaking to you. And also, you are not alone. I too struggle with these feelings. And from asking my friends, I know they do as well. Motherhood is hard. And that's why I asked Elizabeth Andreevsky to join me on the podcast. Elizabeth is a life coach who helps overwhelmed moms reduce their mental stress so they can respond with patience and calm. Elizabeth and I chatted about tangible steps you and I can do as mothers to help get to the root of overwhelm fight mom guilt, and manage our emotions and the reality of mom rage. This episode is packed with tips and guidance to help you manage your emotions as you deal with mom life and leave you feeling seen, heard, and motivated to continue to steward the blessing God has given you. Hey, Elizabeth, it's so wonderful to have you on the Faith Inspired Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this opportunity. Yeah, thanks so much for being on. So you are a fellow Minnesotan gal and a Minnesota mama. So I already feel like we have a little bit of a bond because if you're a Minnesotan, you've got, it's quite a state to live in, especially in these winter months that are here upon us. So I feel like we already have that special, unique bond with just being Minnesota gals and Minnesota mamas. Yes. And actually what's so funny is that I have lived in Minnesota for like 25 years and just literally a couple months ago, we moved. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so moved. funny. Yeah, we moved to Florida because of the weather, really. That's the reason we moved. But I have lived in Minnesota for 25 years, so I still feel like I'm not a Floridian. I'm still at heart a Minnesotan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, special breed for sure. But you still get it. You get it. You're your tough gal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a tough gal. So today we are talking about practical tips for things to do to increase your patience and manage your stress levels with your kids, which is something that I need, like I absolutely need, especially when putting on my child's clothes this morning. It is something that is necessary, I think, just daily, moment by moment for every mama. But before we do that, why don't you give a background of yourself, your family, and then your business? Yes. So my name is Elizabeth. I am a stress coach for moms. 
and I help overwhelmed moms reduce mental stress so they can respond with patience and calm. I believe and I have learned over the years that when you're stressed out and overwhelmed, you tend to react a lot more as a mom. And it's not always a spiritual problem. Sometimes you're just running an empty and you have unmet needs. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping moms because as moms, we really want peace and calm in our home, right? All of us do. And oftentimes it doesn't happen that way and we just can't figure out what is the root. And that's what I'm here to help you figure out. I also have four kids. My oldest is 10 and then seven-year-old and a five-year-old. So three boys and then a baby girl who is 16 months old and is napping right now and hopefully will nap (laughs) through our interview. That's awesome. Yep. I I have had done a lot of podcast interviews with my daughter Delaney napping or in the other room and you just keep your fingers crossed. So if it happens, that's all right. We are mamas and we understand. And it brings a little little bit of fun to the podcast too. Mm -hmm. And I can share with you a little bit how I got on this journey. A few years ago, I was struggling in motherhood uh, with my youngest boy. I felt like I was just putting out fires all day long. He kept me on my toes all the time. I literally couldn't sit sit and just chill. Um, He would get into something. And a friend of mine suggested to go to counseling, and I did. And I was introduced to a whole new world of like gentle parenting approach. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's like a new kind of approach that's been going around. And there's actually a lot of even Christians now teaching on that. And it's based on having a relationship with your child when you're emotionally connected because you have a good relationship, there's more cooperation. And I started implementing the things that I was learning from that. And I had a really hard time in the beginning shifting the way I was doing things from traditional parenting. And I noticed that when I'm overwhelmed, when I am running an empty, when I have unmet needs, I would react a lot more. I would get a lot more frustrated with my kids. I would start raising my voice. And that kind of brought me on the path of like figuring out like, why am I so reactive? And I bought a course about motherhood, how to do motherhood better. And it really introduced me to like seeing motherhood as like a power and not being a martyr and prioritizing myself without feeling guilty and learning ways to truly refill my cup. And when I learned those things, I noticed a significant change in how I was showing up as a mom. My patience level increased. I learned ways to like literally calm my nervous system because sometimes it's not even the kids. It's just my nervous system that's overloaded because I'm highly sensitive. There's just so much stimulation happening. And just learning all these tools and skills really helped me because as I was growing up and I was raised in a conservative uh, Slavic Christian community and I grew up going to a Baptist Russian church in Shakopee in Minnesota. There's a big Russian church in Shakopee. You'd hear, right, the pastor say, like, we need to have more patience as parents, right? Like, you have to be more patient or, like, even the phrases, like, be angry and do not sin. But we would go home and nobody gave us the tools of how to, right? And so then you're experiencing this episode of frustration and maybe anger explosion with your kids and you feel so much guilt, like just in general as a human, as a mom, add the spiritual aspect of it in it, like feeling like you are failing as a Christian, that you're a sinner, which we are, right? But 
nobody gave us the tools of like, well, how do I not sin when I'm angry? What do I do? Like, how do I not react? And so I started to kind of dive deeper and figuring kind of out things like, how can I learn the how? And what is the missing piece? And learning a lot of the psychology and how our brain works was extremely helpful for me. And that's kind of how my journey started. And then I was thinking like more moms need to learn this. Like so many moms feel like they're failing because they're feeling angry with their kids. They're experiencing even episodes of mom rage. And the truth is like, oftentimes they're completely burned out, running on empty. They're so sleep deprived. They're maybe hungry. Sometimes they have hormonal issues and they beat themselves up that they're these horrible moms and bad Christians. And we need to figure out the root, like what is going on, address that. And then things are going to be better, right? The whole energy in the home changes. You mentioned the regulation. So you mentioned the mom's stress levels, which as a mom of two young kiddos, my stress levels are very high and also owning my own business. And I know so many other moms that are in the same boat in terms of just the stress level from the moment they wake up to the moment that they go to bed and lay their head down. It's just a constant level of stress for very varying reasons. How does a mom's stress level really affect her ability to emotionally regulate? I love this question. So a stress response in our brain is when we sense some sort of threat. It could be like basic unmet needs, such as sleep deprivation or hunger. It could be like you're in pain. Your brain senses that as a threat. It could be feeling out of control when your kids are not listening, right? That's a threat and you get more triggered and you start reacting. So how it works is that we have three main parts of the brain that help us kind of make decisions and emotionally regulate. So right now, you and I are in our executive part of the brain. I call it thinking brain. It's right behind our forehead. And this is the part of the brain that helps us stay calm and grounded, emotionally regulate, problem solve, make positive choices. When this part of the brain is on, this is when you can learn new skills. This is like the positive making part of the brain. It doesn't get fully developed till mid-20s. So that's why kids are so immature and do silly things because they literally, that part of the brain is not fully developed for them, right? And kids have big emotions because this is the part of the brain that helps us regulate and it's not fully developed. So of course a toddler is going to melt down. Like they don't have that regulation yet in that part of the brain. And so then we have our emotional part of the brain is right in the center of our brain. And when we feel some sort of threat, it could be, like I said, like you're sleep deprived, that's a threat to your brain. When you're hungry, that's a threat to your brain. When you feel out of control, when you don't feel seen and heard, let's say you're trying to explain something to your spouse and they're ignoring you, you don't feel heard, that's a threat. When you're trying to tell your kids something and they're not listening, that's a threat to your brain. Your brain perceives that as a threat. It shifts you to that emotional part of the brain and it shuts off that thinking part of the brain. So that is when you're triggered, you tend to make poor decisions, right? When you are hungry and tired and running late, none of us make good decisions in that moment. And that's because we are shifted into that emotional part of the brain. And when we're there, it comes out in our behavior and tone and words. That's when you're rude and disrespectful. 
that's when you're, let's say you're in conflict with your spouse and you shift to your emotional part of the brain because he's not listening to you really well and you sense that as a threat. It comes out in your tone, right? That's when we only see our perspective when we're in that part of the brain. We feel unsafe, right? And when the stress builds up enough, so you add enough things that are going on, right? Like I said, you're hungry, you're tired, you're running late, your child is not listening to you. It all builds up. And when it gets high enough, it will shift you to your survival part of the brain, which is right where the brainstem is. And that is your fight, flight, or freeze. This is when you, like literally, some of us are like, we shut down, we freeze, right? When you sometimes, let's say you have such a big conflict with your spouse, you get emotionally flooded and you just shut down and you freeze. Some of us flee. We're like, you know what? I'm so done with this. I'm like not even dealing with it. And you walk away. And some of us are in our fight mode. This is when we start raising our voice and screaming, maybe even physically wanting to hurt our kids because we feel so out of control and we're trying to get that control back. And it's such a big threat in our brain. And so I think it's really important to understand that psychology of like what is going on in your brain. And then like, what do you need to do to support yourself? So having some of that background was really, really helpful for me that recognizing that when I am a little bit more snappy with my kids or frustrated with them, be like, wait, hold on, what is going on? Am I just hungry? Like sometimes I literally just need to have a snack and I will be better. Or am I just rushing late? You know, that's not a spiritual problem. That's just literally like a practical thing, right? Like sometimes I know that I even have this quote that I heard some years ago. And sometimes it's not a spiritual problem. Sometimes you just need some sleep. Legit, right? Like if you think back when you had a newborn, like you were a lot more snappy and agitated with your husband, right? Oh, yeah. When he wasn't doing what you wanted him to do, right? And it's not because you're we're a bad mom. You're literally sleep deprived and your brain perceives things more as a threat. It becomes more triggered by other things. And I think like as moms, I think that is really important for us to kind of be aware of that and just noticing when you're starting to feel frustrated and overwhelmed with your kids. Do you have some unmet needs? Are you literally just super tired? Are you sleep deprived and like you just need a nap? That would be nice. Are you just hungry? Are you overstimulated? Sometimes it's just all that noise. There's just so much stimulation coming from all these directions. You literally just need to calm your nervous system and you will feel better. Is it because you have so much on your plate and you're literally pulled in all these different directions at the same time? Is it because you committed to too many things? because you're a people pleaser, you know, or you feel like this pressure, like you have to say yes to all these things, right? Is it because you have a hard time asking for help? You literally just need more help from your spouse, extra support, but you feel bad because that makes you feel like a failure, right? So there's so much to like figure out what is the root that makes you feel stressed and overwhelmed because when you are stressed and overwhelmed, you will be more reactive with your family. And sometimes it's like literally we need to work through some mindset stuff. And sometimes it's just learning what's not working. How can we shift it and redirect it? That was so incredibly insightful to me, really because it allowed me to take the blame 
off of myself and understand that it is a psychological and a physiological issue, not issue, but just a um, circumstance that's going on in my body. And so it's not just me, it's that that threat that I'm perceiving everything as a threat because often I put it on myself as if, why can't I handle this? Why am I not emotionally capable to handle this or strong enough to handle this situation when other moms or other people can handle these situations with ease? Why am I having so much angst and anxiety within me dealing with these situations? So what strategies, you mentioned I think one of them, but what strategies help to calm and relax the nervous system when you're going through this whole process of that threat mode? Yes, yes. So we'll get to that in a second. But before I want to speak one thing to you, I know that there's so much shame and guilt that comes with this when we experience those kind of like explosions, maybe with our family. And I teach my um, mamas and tell them it's like, you're not a bad mom, you're a good mom who's having a hard time. Okay, you're just having a hard time. And when I feel that mom guilt for myself, that's the mantra tell myself, I'm a good mom who's having a hard time. I'm a good mom who's having a hard day. Okay. And so seeing it from that lens helps you kind of release some of that guilt and shame and the heaviness, right, that we have on ourselves. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is, what I can tell you is all the things that I teach in my program, a lot of it is proactive. Because if you wait until in the heat of the moment to try to regulate yourself, it will be really, really hard. Because in order for your brain to remember to regulate yourself, it needs to use that thinking part of the brain and it gets shut off when you are super triggered. Okay. There is skills for that and I will teach you that. But I would encourage all the mamas that are listening, it is really important to do things proactively to lower that stress response in your brain to begin with. For example, lowering some of the stimulation and the noise in your home. Like if you have the TV on and you have music on, like all these things that creates overstimulation, turn off the notifications on your phone. You don't need it, okay? Unless somebody needs you, they'll call you. Everything else can be turned off. No noise, no dings, no vibration. That pulls you from your kids and pulls you in different directions, overstimulates you, gets you more triggered. And creating some space for yourself, if not daily, because like I'm highly sensitive. I have a different tolerance level than other moms. I can't handle so much noise and chaos. And you might be too, right? And you relate with that, which means I need a bit extra alone time every single day. I have alone time daily. And during that alone time, I do things that center me and ground me. As a Christian, I read the Bible and I pray. Also, I love to journal and process my thoughts, okay? Sometimes I do like a short five-minute meditation that is super calming and grounding to me. I'm just throwing some things out there that can, you know, you mamas can use. Sometimes I do like a short visualizing you know, just close my eyes, visualizing myself at the beach and just like floating in this gulf of water with like sunshine on my face. And like, you know, that positive bright light is just washing away all that negative frustration and, you know, overwhelm that I'm feeling, let's say in the moment. So that's like peaceful and calming kind of strategies. Also, it is really important to just using doing that proactively because when you do, let's say 
for example, 10 is your max is when you lose your cool and like freak out with your family. When you wake up and you're just jumping in your day, rushing and going, 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 and then kids are not listening to you. You didn't have a chance to eat your breakfast and you wake up and you're like at a seven or an eight, you have very little room until you get to a 10. That's why you lose your cool so quickly. If you have tiny ones, maybe ignore this for a little bit. It's not the right season. But if your kids are at a point where they're sleeping through the night, I would encourage you to get up a little bit before your kids and use some of that time for yourself. That's why people that say like, oh, I get up in the morning and I'll read and pray. I have so much more patience during the day. It's like, yes, there's a spiritual aspect, but also like it literally calms your nervous system, like reading and praying and being in stillness. And connecting with God literally calms your nervous system. So then when the kids do wake up, like you go, instead of being at a seven, you're like at a three. And you have so much more tolerance when things are not going your way, even when they don't listen to you right away, right? And things are a little bit chaotic, but your tolerance level is so much higher. So that's why proactive stuff is extremely important. Okay, so now what do we do in the heat of the moment? right? Like we learn like, oh, be angry and do not sin. How? Tell me the how. (laughs) Like that was like my thing that I'm like, no, tell me the how. Like I need to know. Yes. Give me the tangible. I want to know the tangible. Yes. The practical. That's how my brain works too. And so you need to recognize that if you ignore that buildup, right? And you don't do something, it's going to eventually lead to an explosion, right? Like when that stress builds up, like we talked about, when it builds up enough, you get to that survival part of the brain and it's like fight, flight, or freeze and you just like explode. And so I teach this thing. It's called take a moment instead of having a moment. Let's say you're making dinner and things are getting a little bit tense with your kids and things are getting a little bit chaotic and you start noticing you're getting frustrated and overwhelmed and start raising your voice a little bit with the kids. So I have four kids. I strap the baby in the high chair, give her some snacks. I either separate the boys into different parts of the house or just to make it easy, just turn on some screens for them. That way I know they're not going to get into a fight with each other, (laughs) right? And I will remove myself from that stressful situation. As much as it's possible, obviously, if you're like driving in a car, you can't do it. But like as much as it's possible, remove yourself from that stressful situation because if you stay in it, it's going to build up, build up, build up, and it's going to lead to an explosion. So take a moment instead of having a moment. I will remove myself to like a different part of the house. Usually I go to my room. Leave your phone in the kitchen or somewhere else. You will be tempted to scroll and escape that uncomfortable feeling. I've been there many times. So leave your phone in a different part of the house because when we are on our phones, that blue light actually increases our cortisol levels, our stress response. So leave it somewhere else. Go to the room by yourself. And this is a good time to like, you need some time to decompress and calm that nervous system. Literally, I lay down on my bed, close my eyes and just take some deep breaths. Deep breathing is very, very important. Like they teach it in like yoga and all those things. And there's a reason for it because what it does, it sends a safety signal to your brain. When your brain feels safe, it doesn't see that as a threat anymore, right? It feels safe. It turns back your thinking brain. It turns back on those that part of the brain that helps you make positive choices. 
So taking deep breaths is really calming. Sometimes I sing a song, like a calming song, a tune. That also helps you turn on that part of the brain. Sometimes I will close my eyes, literally visualize myself, like I, I said earlier, like floating in water or just laying like on sand, on warm sand. And like my body is like made out of sand and it's like slowly like falling apart and just like melting into that sand. Like I say a mantra to myself sometimes, like this is hard and with God's strength, I can handle it. Sometimes you can say a prayer, God, please help me. I feel overwhelmed and impatient. Give me the strength. This moment will pass. This is hard and I can handle it. And those mantras also send a safety signal to your brain. It helps you feel safe and calm down. Sometimes it's like a few minutes for me. Sometimes it's like 10, depending on how escalated things are. And so those are just some like practical things that you can do to calm your brain and body down when you feel triggered and overwhelmed. I mean, there's a whole nother level with like kids and their emotions and their anger. Like that's like a whole nother thing to like address. There's so much that goes into that because, you know, kids' emotions will trigger your threat response. Their anger will sense your threat response. And how do you change that inner talk to see it from a different lens. And so just like when you're so angry, you want to physically hurt your kids, you feel so out of control, like you're having a problem. You're not being a problem. You're literally experiencing a problem and you're like, you need to feel safe in order for it to calm down. Your kids are the same way. So like, I'm not a parenting specialist, but like, there's so much more that could be said on that. But I'm here to support mamas, to help them be more calm and grounded, giving them the tools to be less overwhelmed, to be less triggered. These are incredibly helpful tools. Um, as you were saying, like I said, I love the tangible. I hate when I hear something and it's very um, surface level. Um, just like you said, um, it's, there's nothing against the sermons that, that, you know, have the scripture and tell you, you know, how to live your life. But on the practical level, I think that's why I'm so passionate about the Faith Inspired Podcast and connecting with women is because I want you to walk away with these tangible, like this is how you actually live it out in your life when you're, when you're freaking out with your child and he won't put on his underwear or his socks and you've got like one minute left to get out the door, you know, and you're just trying not to lose it. Not that I experienced that this morning, but <laughs> you know, how do you actually have those tangibles? So this is super helpful in order to be able well, to also help. like speaking, speaking to that. Sorry, I interrupted you, but you were That's saying okay. like you're running late and your brain perceives that as a, as a threat. Like you realize it or not, but you're thinking like, okay, I'm going to be right late. That means like if I'm late, that it looks like I'm a failure, that I'm not keeping my life together. What are other people going to think about me? Like your brain creates this story that creates a threat. But if you tell yourself like, it's okay for us to be a few minutes late, we're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Like that sends a safety signal to your brain. So then it helps you stay more patient and calm in that moment. Because right, you sometimes literally do need to get out the door. And so, but I tell you, if you had a calming, peaceful morning routine, it will be easier for you to be more calm. That's why like proactive stuff is so extremely valuable. But yeah, there's just so much that comes. There's the like mindset stuff and then there's the practical implementation 
you know, that goes into it. Yeah, absolutely. And when you said that story, it was the story was playing in my head like, oh my goodness, this is the fourth time this week that we're going to get to school at 8.30 or a little past that. Normally, you know, all the other families are getting there at eight o'clock and we have some flexibility to get there between eight and nine, but still it just throws off their rhythm a little bit and our rhythm. And so in my head, I'm playing this script. So again, it goes to that story and that threat and all of that. So I appreciate you saying that because that's a reality for me and other mamas, especially working mamas who are juggling all of the things in the morning and during their day and continually have these scripts playing out in their head. You did mention there are some things, you know, when kids are running around and they're either saying things they shouldn't say, doing things they shouldn't do, how you gave some tangibles here for like calming your body. But in that moment when they say something or do something, like they're blatantly not listening to you, how do you not get triggered by your children in that way? Even if you're cool, calm, and collected, that can take me sometimes from zero to 60. I feel like I am totally cool, and then all of a sudden, something will happen. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? And I'm instantly in that fight-or-flight mode. Yeah, I can relate with that because I have three active boys, and sometimes when they're like riled up and stuff like that, that can become triggering really quick when you're like, hey, sit down and eat dinner, and they're just like not listening in their own little world. and I can so relate with that. So there's a couple of things. So I'm not a parenting expert, but I have learned a lot of things along the way when it comes to this. Um, So in general, humans, when we are connected, we're a lot more likely to cooperate. For example, like imagine your husband planned a really nice date, took you out. You guys had a great time. You talked and like just connected well and did really good, right? You came home, you sat on the couch and he's like, hey, Erica, can you get me some water? You're going to be like, yeah, sure. I'll get you some water, right? And what if like you've had tension and resistance all day long? Like you've had like a fight earlier in the day and just like said some things to each other that were like not really pleasant. Oh, and he was like resistant to helping you putting the kids to sleep because he was just like upset with you. And now you're even more mad at him. (laughs) And so you guys sit down on the couch and he's like, hey, can you get me some water? What are you going to say? Like, sometimes you might just like clench your teeth and go get it. Sometimes you're going to be like, you know what? Like you go get your own water, (laughs) right? Because like there's that tension. There isn't that emotional connection. So it kind of goes like our kids are really similar to that as well. When they're connected with us, they're a lot more likely to cooperate, right? And so there's a couple like practical, simple things that you can do. So like creating some sort of connection with them before asking them to do something. It's not going to happen every time, but like you said, you have a young kid, right? That you're trying to get to school. Mm -hmm. So here's like a simple thing. Like if he's like resistant and not cooperating, there's an easy trick that the counselor taught me. And it's like you take their palm of their hand and you like swirl it around with your finger and you say there was a little mouse that had a little house and then you tickle them up the arm and tickle them over here in in their neck and it's like oh and it lived right here and it's like ticklish and playful and sometimes like it literally just takes 15 seconds and then they feel better right sometimes like I learned this skill the other day to like give them like little squeezes I'm gonna give you some squeezes and it's like along their arm and their feet and then like it calms their nervous system and then they're a lot more likely to cooperate sometimes if like they're watching something and you're like hey come and eat dinner 
they're not going to just turn it off. Like their brain is like in the midst of like a, a video, right? Like it's really hard to just like abruptly stop. But if you come in there and you're like, Hey, what are you watching? And they're like, Oh, we're watching this. Oh, we have three minutes left of the video. It says like three minutes left or whatever. You're like, Oh, okay, let's, you know, finish watching it. Like give them a few more minutes, right? Cause their brain needs that closure. And just like if you're watching a video, you want it to finish, right? That closure. And then like, as it gets done, you're like, Oh, tell me what you were watching. Tell me about it. And like, you turn it off and like, you give them a hug or just touch them up their back. When you create some sort of connection, just in general, there's going to be more cooperation. Now, obviously, like sometimes things are a little bit tense and you have to rush and you get out the door and like, you're going to have moments where you lose it. You will like, and that's okay. We're all humans. We all make mistakes, you know, and there are times where you can repair with your kids. I typically can't do it in the heat of the moment. I really have to like cool off and maybe later in the day, you know, and be like, hey, you know, I yelled at you today. I'm so sorry. That was not okay. I was having a really hard time. Would you please forgive me? And just make things right and make amends with them. But it's going to be okay. We all have our moments where we lose our cool. I still lose my cool once in a while and I teach this stuff. So you know, give yourself grace, mama. You're doing great. You're doing your best. That is enough. And you are the best mama for your kids. That's my encouragement for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, that connection and love piece, I could just see that as you were saying it with my son, that that would just deflect his anger or the shield that he would put up if I'm asking him to do something. And a lot of times when I say something to him, I realize would I want to be spoken to this way? Is this something like would I want somebody to quickly just turn off the TV on me or tell me to go do something? You know, I don't do well with just being told what to do all the time. And so none of us do, right? Yeah. It makes us feel out of control. Yeah. Kids are the same way. And that's what's like really like if you're at a park and you're like you have to leave and you can tell your kid, like, do you want to leave now or do you want to leave in five minutes? Or how many times do you want to go down the slide before we leave? Two or three times. And like they kind of feel a little bit more control. They're going to be less resistant. But you still get them to do what you want them to do, right? And if they say neither, you're like, I'm going to help you choose. And then they're going to be like, "Um, I want to choose because I want to be in control, right? We all do. And so there's like little tips and tricks that I learned like that from like counseling that was really, really helpful to create less resistance and more cooperation. But the biggest thing is like having that connection. When there's more connection, there's going to be more cooperation, just like with your spouse, right? When you guys are connected emotionally, you know, mentally and spiritually, and even like physically have connected, like you're a lot more kinder and nicer to each other, right? Like you cooperate and help each other out a lot more. And kids are the same way. And I can imagine that those, that technique or those techniques can really help you too. If you go from this threat mode and you're annoyed and frustrated, but then you do some playful action with them, that would help you as well. So I can just imagine that would be super, super helpful in that moment. You mentioned kind of having like mom rage or, you know, um, having this guilt of, oh man, I lashed out at them. I didn't mean to and coming back and apologizing. But there's this time in, as you're dealing with it mentally in your own head, 
how do you deal with that mom guilt? Because it can be really strong, especially, you know, you're, you're dealing with so many different things and juggling so many other things. And you have the story and the script going through your head of everything else that you're dealing with. And then you do something like saying something to your babies that you normally wouldn't say or, you know, whatever it may be. How do you deal with that guilt after you've done or said something that you didn't want to, you didn't mean to? Yeah, that's a great question. That's why in the beginning, I explained a little bit how the brain works and it helps us kind of like have an aerial view of like what is actually going on, right? It's not because you're trying to be a bad mom. It's because you're literally struggling, right? The emotion is sometimes stronger than your coping skill in that moment. You're literally just so flooded and overwhelmed or you actually have unmet needs and that's what's going on. And so I have like a few phrases that I go to, right? Like think about yourself. When you got really frustrated with your kids the last time you experienced that moment of mom rage, is it because you wanted to or is it because you were struggling? Struggling, for sure. 100% struggling. It's not that I had that bad bone in my body and wanted to say anything. Yes. Nobody ever wants to experience that. No good mom right? And if you're listening to this, you don't want to. If you're a mom that doesn't care squat about anything, you're not going to be listening to this episode. (laughs) But like, it's because you were struggling. And so kind of seeing that from that perspective, I have this go-to phrase, I'm a good mom who's having a hard time. Or I'm a good mom who had a hard day. Like I'm doing my best and that is enough. I'm doing my best and that is enough. My biggest one is like, I'm a good mom who's having a hard time. I'm a good mom who's having a hard day. I'm a good mom. Like, what's the natural inner talk? Is like, I'm such a bad mom. I'm such a failure. I'm going to traumatize my kids for life. My kids are going to hate me. I'm the worst mom in the world. That's the negative inner talk that is creating that mom guilt and shame, right? We have to like recognize that, like catch that thought. Is that true? Is it really true? It's not, right? You're just really struggling. You're really struggling. And you need a little bit extra support. Sometimes it could be from your spouse. Sometimes it's just outside support. Like you just need extra help. Oftentimes you just felt so out of control and that's why you reacted. And so I have a gift for your listeners and it is Emotionally Healthy Legacy slash Faith Inspired. And it's going to be a link where you can download a free recording of positive affirmations when you experience mom guilt I have like a recording that you can listen to if you have a hard day and like you feel so much mom guilt like you're the worst mom in the world you're such a failure it's like these positive affirmations that you get to listen to that will help you shift from that negative mindset to like a neutral mindset and seeing yourself from a different lens instead of like, you're the worst mom in the world. And I think there's that whole other level of like spirituality, like as Christians, yes, you did make a sinful choice in those circumstances. You did sin, you did yell, maybe even hurt your child. You know, you said regretful things. But if you just keep seeing yourself like as bad, does God see you as bad? He doesn't. He still loves you and cares for you and he wants to help you. And if you see it from that lens, like I'm a good mom who's just really struggling, who had a hard day. And seeing it from that perspective will really shift 
and help you experience less mom guilt. And not to say it's going to be gone completely. I still experience it, but it's like, what do you do in that moment? Do you feed those negative thoughts? Are you aware of it? And you're like, okay, this is not serving me. This is not helping me. I'm going to shift them and redirect them. Literally have that mantra that you say to yourself, I'm a good mom who's having a hard day. I'm a good mom who's having a hard day. And you have to practice it a lot. Why? Because those negative thoughts have been in your brain for years. And reteaching that, it's not like a one-day thing. It's something that you have to constantly practice. And I still have to do it myself all the time. And I've been doing it for years, you know, redirecting my thoughts. But we naturally have like, I think 90% of our thoughts are negative, which is so sad. And 80% of them repeat, you know, daily. And it's like, and a lot of them are from the devil, right? The devil wants you to feel like a bad mom. He wants you to feel that shame and guilt. He wants you to feel like a failure because when you're feeling that, then you feel really crappy about yourself. And then when you feel crappy about yourself, you want it or not, you react again. You react with your spouse. You re- it's in this a cycle. And so it is really important to like break that cycle. It's like, and that's kind of like where my work comes in. That's how I want to help you like to get out of that. I don't want you to stay there. I don't want you to feel like you're this worst mom in the world because you're not. Like, think about this. God calls kids as a blessing. He says children are a blessing, right? You were chosen out of all the women in the world to be your children's mom. That is something that God has gifted to you. If this is a blessing and a gift, does that mean motherhood should feel miserable and like you're failing and like you're a horrible mom? No. And if you feel that, something is off. Okay? And like the devil wants you to feel that. But God has gifted you to these children. He called them as a blessing. Motherhood should not feel like a burden and like you're failing left and right. And so, hey, mama, if you're listening to this and this resonates with you, like, reach out, mama, reach out. I really want to help you. You don't need to stay there. It's not serving you. It's not serving your family. You are meant for so much more than feeling so crappy and like you're failing every day. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for being on. Just really appreciate it spoken to me so much as you're you're talking to listeners as well but I've come away with a lot of just tangible takeaways to use with my kiddos um, and for myself and I really love your message of Satan doesn't want us to prosper in anything and that is especially in our role as a mother I think in today's society, we've put so much else on a pedestal and kind of given the role of motherhood a backseat and that it's not something that's as important. And not all of us view it that way, but um, I think we like you use the word martyr. And a lot of times as I approach motherhood, I feel like I'm sacrificing a lot. A lot of these things that the world is telling me to have or even some of my desires that are my personal selfish desires. And again, the Lord has called many of us to do other things for his kingdom. But one of them, if you are a mother, one of them is your children. And so just remember that Satan wants to attack that because that is something God has given you as a gift and a blessing. 
and just to give yourself grace because the Lord is always calling us to excellence, but he's also giving us so much grace. And so giving yourself grace in this role as motherhood, because it is a daily moment by moment thing that calls, I think, more on you than anything else in life. And so, yeah, to view it as if it's a blessing, that's just a message that I heard. And I hope the other women hear as well, because it gets tough when you're dealing with the screaming tantrums of children and, uh, you know, doing all the roles and juggling it all. So I just want to thank you for being on here and giving, you know, the tangible takeaways to also combine with our faith um, and walk in this life as a mother with him. So before we go, I just want to make sure that you have the opportunity to tell the listeners where they can connect with you and then also how they can, you know, work with you and use some of your services. And then I will make sure to put that link that you provide in the show notes as well. Yeah, thank you for giving me this opportunity. So I hang out mostly on Instagram. Um, That's where kind of like my social media, I'm experiencing with other platforms, but Instagram is my main one. I have a podcast called Emotionally Healthy Legacy. And so there's a lot more support and helpful tips over there. And I love the practical stuff. Like I teach mindset. Mindset is really important, but it's like, no, tell me what to do. How do I implement this today? And so there's a lot of like uh, helpful support over there. And then I have a coaching program. It's called Be Less Stressed. So it's like practical things that we can implement today to feel less overwhelmed and stressed. Uh, Some of it is shifting the way you think and shifting the way you've been doing things. And then the other part of it is like creating healthy habits that help you feel less stressed. Because the things that I taught you right now today, a lot of them is healthy habits. Spending less time on your phone, turning off notifications, not scrolling, right? When you feel frustrated, triggered, getting up a little bit earlier and creating like healthy habits. And that requires a lot of time, support and accountability. So in my program, you come in overwhelmed, stressed out, burned out, running and empty, feeling like a failure, and you come out feeling peaceful, calm, grounded, and just an example for your kids, how to regulate yourself and just thriving. It completely changes mamas. It's like a 180. You feel so different about yourself and motherhood, and you start pouring out of like a full cup instead of an empty cup. Mm, that's beautiful. And I love how most programs focus on the kids and how to deal with their behavior, but this is dealing with something that you can ultimately control and do your best to control because you can't control your children's behavior, but you can control how. All you can control is yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you are feeling good, everybody benefits, like everyone in your family. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And then I just want to make sure. So you said Instagram. What is your handle for Instagram? It is called Emotionally Healthy Legacy. So that's the name of my podcast. Uh, The name of my Instagram handle, Emotionally Healthy Legacy. Wonderful. Great. Well, I will add all that to the show notes if um, anyone misses it. But thank you again for being on. This was incredibly insightful and love your heart and your heart for mamas. I felt like Elizabeth was talking straight to me, didn't you? Of course, she was actually talking to me, but she nailed my feelings as a mother and encouraged me to be proactive and give myself grace. 
Who knew all the psychological and physiological workings had so much to do with our role as a mother? I hope you feel empowered and armed with a few action steps to relieve your stress in your life. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you are encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other mamas you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think of how many more tired mamas could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers. Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.